By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, part of the Cannabis Life Experience, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Join us on this journey and adventure with the wonderful plant. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 83 of the Cannabis 101 podcast. This is hour number two. My name is Dean Millard and remember, on this show it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. Uh, do we talk about getting high? Do we talk about uh, the intoxication? Sure, but we also talk about many of the different kind of benefits that this plant can give you. And there is certainly uh, one unique way I think that we get things started on this show before we get into the nuts and bolts and that's by finding out what's your groove. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? Kind of grabs you by the boo-boo, don't it? This is great. This is the bee's knees. So when I ask you what's your groove, uh, I'm wondering that while you're watching this show, uh, if indeed you are grooving with something, uh, maybe it's a joint, uh, maybe it's a bong, maybe it's just some CBD like I had on Monday, some nice CBD tea. Uh, but whatever you're grooving with, uh, edibles, I don't know, let me know what it might be. Hit me up on Twitter at the Cannabis 101. You can also reach us on Instagram and Facebook at the Cannabis 101 Podcast. And you can chime in and uh, remain anonymous if you'd like to. And uh, that is my email, Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. All right. Uh, I am uh, going to be grooving uh, with a bit of a rarity for me in the last little while, a, a joint, uh, particularly since I uh, was uh, getting over pneumonia, but feeling much better today. And uh, I'm going with um, 48 North's Franco, well, it's Strain Hunters, Franco's lemon cheese now this is um something a, a cultivar that chris and i did uh way back when it was called what's your strain and uh, now it's called know your buds i was really impressed with the story behind this um franco uh roja was uh, just a legendary uh, cannabis advocate unfortunately lost his life trying to heal people uh, and help people with malaria uh, by using cbd and some products uh, so anyway that's uh, what I'm going to be grooving with, and uh, got the old uh, hemp wick lighter there. I highly recommend it uh, for anybody out there. Um, you're not inhaling uh, lighter fluid, and you're not burning 
the joint as much as well. Now, I suck at lighting. Oftentimes, I canoe it, so uh, we will see as I get my groove on. Check back in the archives at the uh, Cannabis 101 podcast, and you can uh, get information about Franco's Lemon Cheese. Delicious. Okay, let's find out now what's coming down the hash pipe on this particular episode. (coughs) Excuse me there, getting me uh, a little too much of the uh, Franco's Lemon Cheese. As mentioned, I don't smoke a lot of joints uh, as much as I uh, certainly used to, or use the bongs as much as I used to. On this program, uh, Fatty Kamel from All Risks Insurance Brokers, we are going to discuss cannabis insurance and what you should know if you're going into the space, if you're growing at home, depending on you know if you're rec or medical, and just how bad the stigma really is. I mean, wait till you hear the story that Fatty will tell about the uh, the reaction they received. And they're an insurance company. They're the farthest thing from actually having cannabis in your hand. It was just the word. Unbelievable. Chris Ionson, regional manager from Plant Life Cannabis, is going to drop by. Uh, we've got a little du- or a little uh, Dukem. I almost said Duke Nukem. Uh, we've got some Dukem from uh, Royal City Cannabis. Uh, looking forward. This is just gorgeous. Wait till you uh, get a look at this stuff. It's absolutely awesome. And our cannabis question is about CBD on this episode. We will also bring you what pairs well with cannabis. Uh, we'll tell you about the Weed Weekly and the uh, giveaway we do every Friday. Oh, and I want to mention a uh, slight change in programming for the Cannabis 101 podcast. A little while ago, we uh, went from one show and split it up into two hours, Monday and Wednesday. Uh, starting next week, so episode 84, hour number one will come out Tuesday mornings. And so we'll have a show on Tuesday, a show on Wednesday, and then individual segments will come out Thursday, Friday, and Monday. And we'll give you the weekends off, most likely. Although we might have one-hitters coming out on the weekend. So, if you don't see a show on Monday, that's why. The hour number one will now be coming out Tuesday mornings. Hour number two, as usual, will come out Wednesday mornings. I usually try to put them out at 4.20 a.m. Mountain Time, so you can set your clock for that if you really are excited about the show. So that's some news that we have for you about the Cannabis 101 podcast. Right now, let's get things started with the Cannabis Question. It's prize time. Chime in on the Cannabis Question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe and a grape, bong and a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. So the question today, and if you're watching, you can uh, see it on the screen. If you're listening, you'd like to check out the, the video version, just head to YouTube and search for the Cannabis 101 podcast. We have our channel up there. What do you specifically like about CBD? What do you get what is your experience with CBD? Um, I'd love to hear from you. Hit me up on Twitter at the Cannabis One Hundred and One. 
You can get us on Facebook, the Cannabis 101 Podcast, same with Instagram, and you can email and you can be anonymous if you would like uh, to Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. This comes in from Randy when we're talking about CBD concentrates because I said last week, I wonder, I didn't know if there was, uh, you know, shatter or batter or wax or anything like that that you could use in something like the Slash from Stonesmiths. And he says, Tweedle Farms produces a CBD concentrate that works in the Slash. They call it wax and is more solid than butter, but not like shatter. Scoops up with a loading tool just fine. That built-in loading tool is awesome. Uh, Randy goes on to say, CBD makes me feel fortified during the day. I also use a water-soluble powder in my Rockstar. Uh, Tweedle Farms also makes vape cartridges, and I will hit the hemp cart after a THC cart for balance. I can definitely feel stronger, feel a stronger effect together. That's my story. Take it easy. Randy. Uh, and, and for those out there, CBD is often something that you can use if you feel like it's too intense and too high. You can take some CBD and it uh, does help to uh, bring that down. And, and as uh, Randy was mentioned, he gets a bit of a, a balance. So thank you very much for, for that email, Randy. Really appreciate everybody who uh, reaches out with questions, comments, or anything like that. For me, uh, CBD and I and I mentioned this uh, earlier, just kind of takes the edge off. Just uh, rounds those uh, sharp corners, if you will. Um, I oftentimes uh, will uh, use uh, CBD in the mornings, uh, you know, and, and then in the afternoons, I'll maybe jump into some THC or something like that. Also for tolerance breaks, when I want to take a break from THC, but I still want to get the benefits from the cannabis plant for my mental health, I will often use uh, CBD in my uh, uh, Volcano Hybrid, uh, the uh, Supernova that I picked up at uh, Nova Cannabis on Jasper Ave um, in Edmonton, uh, Chris Ainsen's old stomping grounds. So I will often use uh, CBD when I'm doing tea breaks uh, as well as in the morning. I take uh, a spray or capsules, whatever I have on hand, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. I treat it just like my vitamins that I take uh, and my St. John's wort and some of the other things that I use for my uh, mental health and CBD. It's it's amazing. Um, I used to run out of it more often. I very rarely do now, but whenever I do or if I've missed a you know, for some reason, I missed out on uh, for a day or two. I I start noticing it just to feel a little bit different. So for me, it's a it's a big part of my regime and my routine, and uh, I'm really excited about the the future research on into the uh, the cannabis plant and uh, some of the more cool things that we are certainly going to get uh, from that research. So we have a cannabis 101 podcast prize pack for anybody. That chimes in. You go into a draw in a hat, and we pull out a name, and then we give away a prize pack. Just for chiming in, what do you specifically like about CBD? Hit me up on Twitter, at the Cannabis 101 You can find us on uh, Instagram and Facebook, the Cannabis 101 Podcast. And if you would just like to email me, feel free. Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from uh, listeners, viewers, and cannabis fans alike. All right, as for what pairs well with cannabis, that is anything that you like to do with cannabis, I'd love to hear from you on that. For me, it's binge watching. I am, uh, I'm, I'm a big Western guy, 
Uh, so right now I have the free trial of one of the apps that's showing the show uh, that has the show Rawhide on it. So I've been just going through crazy episodes, like five, six seasons, just ripping through them on my spare time. And uh, I love it. I love to have, um, you know, I like to, pr- when I watch something, I, I kind of put myself in the place of these characters. Cannabis certainly helps with me doing that. So binge watching, I, I'm really enjoying uh, Rawhide. Uh, you know, you set up the volcano with either the bag or the whip, and uh, there you go. It's like you're uh, going on a trail drive um, while high or enjoying some CBD, uh, whatever the case might be. So that's what pairs well with cannabis for me. I would love to hear from you on what you pair well with cannabis. All right, uh, on hour number one, we usually have David Wiley from the OZ on This Week in Cannabis News, Malcolm LaBelle on the business of cannabis. She's from the Green Generation Co. Uh, Those are two very important partners and supporters of this show. Uh, We also have had Andre from Regal Cigars be a big, big fan and uh, a big supporter. We've been able to give away a lot of Regal Cigars, which are just amazing. Those are mint. And uh, we also love to uh, say thanks to some uh, other local supporters in Edmonton, uh, the makers of The Slash, Stonesmiths, a great local company. Um, as, as Randy was mentioning in his email about the built-in loader, uh, here it is right there. That's how you scoop things up on The Slash, and then you uh, load it in there. I've uh, got some um, uh, wax uh, from Quest in there, that's really, really nice. And then you got the uh, different temperature settings, just three clicks, and it changes the uh, temperature setting. You got green, blue, and red, and it's so cool. And they're actually making this thing even better, if you can believe it. Uh, there is a new chamber on the way. It's a redesign of the internal coil, and this thing only takes four seconds to heat up. Apparently, it's going to be faster, and we're all going to be having bigger clouds. So it's really, really cool. If you'd like to get some information, head to stonesmiths.ca. If you're a retail store, check that out as well and get it in your store. And if you've picked up one of these, send me an email. Let me know where you bought it from did you buy it directly from them did you buy it from your local store i'd love to hear from people of where they have picked up uh, a very very cool vape pen Uh, okay we are going to get into the insurance game and i learned so much from this conversation uh, with fatty kamel from all risk insurance brokers and we're going to hear from him right after we hear the weed song from the artist, My Dead Dog.
Fatty, it is great to chat with you. I know you and I have been going back and forth uh, for quite a while. Unfortunately, some uh, pneumonia got in the way, but we're finally getting around uh, to chatting. So thanks very much for being on the Cannabis 101 podcast. How are things out east uh, as uh, Western Canada begins to thaw out? What are things like out east in uh, the Toronto area? Yeah, thanks for having me, Dean. I I appreciate it. I'm glad you're uh, feeling better. That's the most important thing. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I I appreciate you making some time to to have us on the show. So I'm currently in Mississauga um, and weather looks good, but it's a little deceiving. I know we're not out of the woods just yet, Um, but yeah, sun is shining, but there's still snow. So uh, things can change really quickly, as I'm sure you know. Yeah, I, I remember um, I was in Toronto in the area for the World Juniors in 2015, and while the temperature was much warmer than it was in Alberta, that wind and that cold that you guys get off coming off that lake in the wintertime, I would not want to have to deal with it. I'll take <laughs> our, our dry and uh, lots of snow out here. But uh, we're, we're here today to talk about uh, insurance, and, and, and this is something that you know, is obviously relatively new for the cannabis industry, as is the cannabis industry. So I guess I always like to to ask people kind of how long uh, they've been involved in the particular industry. So how long have you been involved in the insurance industry? And and when did you get into the cannabis aspect of insurance? Yeah, for sure. So insurance, uh, been about 10 going on 11 years now. So I just started at, you know, TD Insurance, uh, doing regular home and auto, you know, not too fun stuff. Uh, I was fresh out of school and uh, and looking to make some money. So I've been doing that for about 10 years. I think the neat thing about, you know, my career over the last 10 years is I've got to see a lot of different uh, column departments, operations, different sides of the insurance business. And that really helps me kind of understand the full circle of of how insurance works from, you know, the broker side where I am now all the way to the underwriters who actually look at your applications and price them and decide, you know, what type of coverage they want to give you, et cetera. So that really has helped um, me just understand, you know, from start to finish the entire process, whether you're client facing or you're on the company side Uh, in terms of cannabis insurance. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, that's okay. Yeah. Keep going. Awesome. In terms of cannabis insurance specifically, uh, started working with with a large LP in early 2016, and that's kind of what uh, triggered me to say, well, this this is something that we need to focus more on. Me personally, uh, and that's that's when things started in, in early 2016. Was there, um, you know, unfortunately, um, the cannabis industry, there's still a stigma towards cannabis. So, you know, there's, there's no doubt about it. Was there, was there any kind of stigma that you felt when you started working with the cannabis industry? Did people be like, oh, cannabis, or, you know, kind of look down upon it? And, and has that maybe changed uh, since 2016, if there indeed was any? Yeah, for sure. I think definitely with insurance companies, you know, at the time there was probably only two or three that even entertained the cannabis word. Meanwhile, the rest of them did definitely have that kind of negative uh, tone or reaction when we asked if it's something they do. And it's funny because we're looking at insurance. We're not even looking at, you know, actual cannabis um, use or operations. Like we're looking at insuring the company. And yeah, definitely uh, felt a little bit of a stigma. I would say that the biggest one where I was like, wow, this is like still happening. Um, last year, we were looking to 
open a new office. So I used to work for or under another broker with all risks. And as of May, uh, May 2020, so last year, we opened our own office. And at the time we were looking for, you know, locations to rent. We were really close at signing a lease. And uh, sure enough, the realtor that we were working with came back and said, you know, the landlord looked you up on LinkedIn and they, they didn't want to work with anybody in the cannabis kind of space. Um, and yeah, to me, it was like, hold on a second. If you really look at it, cannabis is actually what's paying the bills. Like, that's how I'm going to get you your rent money. But really, they saw it as, oh, man, they're around cannabis. They're going to sit there and smoke and we're not going to get our money for the month. When it was, in fact, it was the opposite. It was, this is a company that today is in an industry that's growing and that has a, a, a great you know opportunity ahead of them. They'll probably be here for a really long time. So uh, when I when I felt that was the really you know first time I said, wow, and this is last year um, that that it's it's very strong the stigma. And I always knew like you know at home or within families, certain cultures, yeah, there's going to be that stigma. But I, I didn't expect it in that way uh, outside in the professional world. Um, that that was a little bit of a you know surprise for me. Right? That's just crazy. I mean. You you are feeling the stigma because of the word cannabis on paper. Like your business, there would never be any cannabis in there. Like that's amazing that just the word alone brought out that stigma and that fear in people. It scared them. Yeah, yeah, it scared them. And, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a pretty uh, calm guy in general. Like I understand things happen for a reason and you just got to deal with them and move on. So as soon as it happened, I was like, all right, you know, what's next? Uh, this is not the place for us. And I kept moving, but it just made me really realize that people don't understand what this is or they don't care to understand what this is. Because if you really do your homework, um, you know, this is not only a real industry, but it's something that you know, has helped a lot of people. Uh, that's way less dangerous than a lot of things that we put in our bodies or are acceptable to us. Um, and people just don't see it. And that's fine. They may never. But at the end of the day, I think it's important for, for people like us, you know, your show, people like me to really let others understand that it's not what it was or what you guys think it used to be. Uh, this is something way more positive and powerful. Mm -hmm. That that reaction could be straight out of a remake of Reefer Madness, like Reefer Madness 2020, <laughs> where people are still scared that there's going to be riots in the streets over cannabis. And you know what? Uh, unfortunately for those people, they're going to be the ones that are going to be left behind in this industry if they don't want to get on board. Like people think of the cannabis industry is a bunch of guys sitting around or girls growing weed, smoking mm -hmm. it and getting high. They don't think about, uh, you know, the lawyers, the insurance the carpenters sure. and all these things that are also part of the industry because somebody has to build those stores. And if you don't want to get in, in uh, into the industry, sure, that's fine. But look at the 2020 retail sales numbers, 120% increase, taking a bite out of the illicit market. This industry is growing and it's going to be their own loss if they don't want to get involved. And, and that's their personal choice. For sure, definitely. I think the industry is just getting started, especially here in Ontario. We haven't even seen what retail looks like yet in Ontario. So, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity there. And I think, you know, the ones that uh, decide 
that this is something that's acceptable and, and that it's a real business that can make lots of money um, that definitely will be ahead. You know, the challenge I think for me is the ones who will take, for example, prescription medication or drink alcohol like it's you know completely okay and acceptable. But the minute you talk about cannabis, they have this look on their face like, oh, that's gross. Well, hold on a second. If you really look at what you're putting into your body, um, you know, and, and that just tells me it's not a matter uh, of, of facts. It's not somebody that read on these two items and has made their decision. It's, it's a matter of opinion. It's, it's how they feel, how they were taught to feel growing up. And I think eventually, you know, it might take a while, but eventually that's easier to change. Because once things, uh, you know, around you are more acceptable, it makes it that much easier, right? Mm -hmm. Well, science is going to change a lot of that. The amount of research being done on the planet. (laughs) And and I've said this, um, you know, many times on this show that, you know, the fact that I can go to my local store, buy a joint, come home, smoke it without my neighbor calling the cops is awesome. But the biggest thing about legalization is the amount of research that can now be done. Uh, a lot more of it we're going to know. And then that, that science is going to start convincing people that it's not dangerous, that it is a plant, and it can be uh, used correctly, uh, be very, very beneficial. And I wonder kind of how working in the cannabis space has improved, uh, you know, the, the work life for you guys, you know, getting into that space when maybe other people didn't want to. Has that helped uh, grow the, the, the all risks insurance and brokers? Yeah, for sure. So I can remember in, I believe it was summer of 2016, there were probably three brokers at uh, Lyft downtown Toronto. And 2019, I was out of town, unfortunately. Remember those days, Dean, when we could be out of town? (laughs) (laughs) It sounded weird just saying it, but yeah. So I was out of the country in 2019 during Lyft. And there was probably 30 brokers, uh, insurance brokers at Lyft. So definitely being there nice and early uh, has helped. In terms of growth, yeah, it's it's really allowed me to focus in and specialize in one specific area. So prior to cannabis, you know, I was still working with any type of business. So manufacturing companies, uh, restaurants, you name it, any type of business that requires insurance. But once, you know, I was in there early enough and and working with, you know, the right clients, it really allowed me to just say, look, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to specialize in. And um, yeah, it it definitely gave us a sense of direction, obviously a sense of growth because, you know, the cannabis industry was new and growing and and we were there right right from the beginning, uh, which is awesome. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Just to be able to build those kind of early relationships. Um, What about uh, yourself personally? You know, is is cannabis a part of your personal life? Yeah, definitely. So I always tell people I've, uh, you know, been working in cannabis for five years, but I've been studying it for 30 plus. So um, yeah, definitely something that that I'm uh, I'm aware uh, about how, you know, the, the good and bad of it, because obviously just like anything, if, if you don't control it, um, it can be a negative, right? Mm-hmm. Anything, food, food is great, but if you don't treat it right, um, it, it can hurt you. So mm-hmm. definitely, I think there was times, uh, you know, when I was younger growing up where, yeah, it, it did affect me. It did kind of slow me down. But at the end of the day, it's, it's the way I was using it. You know, I didn't understand how it needs to be used to your advantage. And uh, today, yeah, definitely still using, I would say more kind of CBD, 
relaxation, sleep, pain relief type of stuff, but um, definitely something I use daily. And I've gotten, you know, some of my family members as well um, to, to use and try CBD. Like, you know, my mom has really chronic arthritis, um, corporal tunnel, so a lot of joint pain. And the amount of meds that she uh, takes over a course of a day, you know, it is crazy when you look at it. So I'm trying to remove those and replace them with oil uh, or lotions. You know, we've only been a couple of months, so I, I don't think she's super comfortable just yet. But I, I think eventually I would love to see the you know, majority of those things gone and just one bottle of, of really good CBD oil. Yeah, it's uh, and, and that's kind of our uh, our question, um, our cannabis question this week is, uh, you know, what specifically do you like about CBD? And for me, it's just that, you know, people and, and probably still do. They talk about like, oh, I, I took the edge off last night with three fingers of scotch or something like that. Right. Well, for <laughs> CBD, it takes the edge off of things without uh, intoxication. Uh, the, the word high is different for many different people. You can be a high on life for relationships. So uh, I would say it just doesn't get me intoxicated but still gives me an elevated feeling of relief and, and some of my anxiety comes down, aches and pains and things like that. So I, I, I also agree. I, I don't ever pretend that CBD is a cure-all, but it can just help with a lot of things. I'll, I'll use um, Alzheimer's and dementia. Well, it, it's not going to give that memory back yet. We don't know, but it's going to relax that patient maybe when they're in those agitated states. And it also could be better for the caregiver as well. So I just think CBD can very beneficial in, in many different areas with, you know, not, you know, cure all, but helping all. Yeah, I think it's really important for uh, for us to note that, like, for example, I always tell whoever I'm, I'm speaking to about CBD and, and how good it can be for you. They ask me like, oh, well, is it strong? Is it powerful? And I kind of tell them, no, compared to the drugs that you're taking, Right. No, it's not that strong. And that's the best part about it is, um, you know, it's not a narcotic. It's going to give you a sense of relief without that really strong, uh, you know, med medical, I guess, or medicine type of feeling. So, you know, that part for me, I think is important to differentiate. Some people think they only want to do it if it's going to give them the relief that their current drugs would give them. And it's important to recognize the difference. Mm -hmm. Indeed. So we're we're two plus years uh, into legalization, and I know you've been working in the cannabis space before that. But uh, are there a lot of options currently uh, in the cannabis industry? You know, when you compare it to some of the other industries, are there a lot of options, or you know, like I, I wonder, you guys got in early. Are people now rushing to try to get into the cannabis insurance game? So, yeah, that's a great question. There's definitely more options than there was three years ago. But in terms of a lot, no, there, there's still only a few insurance companies who are not only willing to to accept uh, insurance, uh, sorry, cannabis companies, but who can actually offer the right coverages. So that, that uh, limits that we need and at the right price. So, you know, I have a company who says, yeah, we'll do we'll insure retail stores, but our minimum premium for a retail store is 20K, for example. So it's like, yeah, they'll do it, but who's going to pay that? Nobody. It just doesn't make sense. So the ones that actually do it and do it well, there's still only a handful. Um, and us being there that early has, has definitely helped build the relationship with them. But we've seen more players entering. So, for example, you know, a retail store in Ontario 
up until December was required to carry 10 million in liability insurance. That was just changed in December to 5 million. But previous to, to December, there was only two companies who would do the full 10 million. I had some other companies saying, hey, yeah, we'll do it, but we can only do five or our prices through the roof. So, you know, there's a lot of companies who want to or say they will, but just like any insurance, they're only going to give up as much risk that they're willing to take. And, uh, and that's the challenge is finding a company who can do it well, meet all of the legal requirements that uh, for an LP, for example, needs to operate and doing it within a price that they can afford and that they can continue to, to operate. Do you think that, you know, that's kind of, there's maybe the, they're still a little bit leery. It, it seems like you, you and, and, and what you guys are doing really believe in this industry. And, you know, maybe there's that only that partial buy-in from, from some people out there in the insurance industry. Yeah. So insurance in general is really slow to react. So they're only going to put up what they legally have to. They don't want to give up um, or risk more than they need to. That's the business they're in is mitigating their risk, right? Mitigating the chance that they're going to have to pay out. You know, it, it sounds bad, but that's the business that they're in. So as, as much as possible, yeah, they're only going to give you as much as they have to, as much as you know, Health Canada or the AGCO says, you need this to operate, they'll give just that and no more if they don't need to. Um, but to answer your question, like, does, do, sorry, the companies still have, or are they hesitant? I would say, yeah, they, they don't want to, you know, insurance is all about data. It's, you mm -hmm. take previous uh, history and data to forecast what you expect to happen. Because there is no data, because there is no previous history of claims in cannabis, um, yeah, they're very hesitant to put up certain limits. I'll give you a really quick example of, of an early policy that we were working on. So in 2016, leading up to 2017, uh, or leading up to legalization, one of the, the large LPs that we were working with required product recall coverage. So at the time, they were uh, only medicinal and they were looking to get into, uh, into rec. So they required product recall for cannabis. There was no such product. Like it, by product, I mean coverage for insurance companies. It just didn't exist. So we sent out you know, a couple applications to a few different companies. We got one quote back. The other company basically came back and said, hey, what is the price of the other <laughs> quote that you got? Like, can you share that with us? They had no clue where to even begin. Um, so we kind of helped them and said, yeah, this is what Health Canada requires for the LPs to do business. You better, you know, be able to offer that or else, you know, you're going to be left behind. So definitely something that we uh, had to help the insurance companies get more comfortable with. And I think as years pass and uh, more history and data shows that this is actually a great risk from an insurance perspective for insurance companies, because the amount of security and compliance and you know reporting requirements that are put on an LP or even a retail store is so high that it already reduces the chance of of a claim or of the insurance company having to pay out and you know when i realized that uh, was pretty early uh, even when i worked for the insurance companies we did an inspection on uh, a grow in bc and it was a medical grow at the time 
And we got this inspection back, I believe this was in about 2014. And we got this inspection back. And the whole purpose of us inspecting the, the business was to say, hey, do we want to ensure cannabis grows? Yes or no? The way we knew a cannabis grow was, you know, those shady hanging lights and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, garbage bags everywhere. So when we saw this, we looked at it and said, hold on a second. They have put so much into, you know, fire safety and inspections, and they've done a lot of our um, mitigation efforts already. So they're already reducing the chance of something happening compared to you know, the metal shop across the street that nobody is looking at, right? So I think it was important for us to just show the insurance companies that, hey, listen, these are actually much better and much um, more profitable businesses to insure, even though you don't have the data yet, all of these reasons uh, show why the chance of a claim here is much less. Yeah, it's so funny. There was like, there's nothing to rely on. This is the the starting point for it. So here we are looking at www.cannabisinsurancesolutions.ca. And this is where people can go and uh, find out, uh, you know, how they can work with you. So maybe tell us uh, and our viewers and listeners what type of clients uh, that you're you have worked with you are working with uh, during your time in cannabis insurance. Yeah, for sure. So we uh, teamed up with, with a couple large LPs, you know, really, really early on. And that helped us just understand everything that you need kind of from day one. So what will you need in six months? You know, once you get your sales license, what type of insurance will you need then? Uh, and that that's really helped us, you know, work today with, say, a new micro, for example, that's that's just getting uh, their license or that's just getting a location. We can really and confidently speak to them on timelines and, you know, rough estimates of how much insurance is going to cost so that they can plan accordingly. Um, so, yeah, in terms of the type of clients, for sure, LPs are, are uh, some of our, our biggest clients, of course. We even insure consultants. So, you know, if you're a cannabis consultant, you need errors and emissions insurance. Any type of consultant needs E&O or errors and emissions. Um, we insure, you know, accessory and, and um, manufacturers. So, you know, grinders, bongs, pipes, uh, people get, get those things made overseas, brought over here. Um, what else? Of course, retail stores. So we, um, we're working on, working towards being, you know, the, the retail insurance leader in, in the country. And, you know, we're, we're definitely on our way to, to achieve that. Um, and yeah, re retail is, is a big part of what we do, especially right now in Ontario. Like, we're probably speaking to minimum five retailers, new retailers every week that are either close to licensing or, you know, have just applied for licensing. So it's definitely a, a really busy time for, for retail. But other than that, any business around cannabis that involves the cannabis word. So maybe you're a you know transportation company, uh, you're a contractor and you work like, you know, we insure a, co a camera contractor and he, he does IT and camera work for cannabis stores. He requires a specialized policy. So anything with that cannabis word, your regular insurance companies um, will not insure you, even if you're around it, like just um, as, as your clients. And really what we focus on today, I would say, is, is definitely retail as well as uh, cultivation. So, you know, the LPs require so many different policies. You know, I'll just name off a few of them, but... You know, they require directors and officers insurance to, to protect the board and the entity from uh, from being sued by the shareholders.
They require their product recall. Of course, they require insurance for the actual facility and all of the physical uh, property inside. So whether that's actual flour, you know, the equipment, etc. They require general liability. Um, away from the product recall, you need general liability if someone just comes to your building and slips and falls, for example. Um, yeah, so many different policies that an LP needs. And us working with them really early just helped uh, understand the needs of, of everybody after that. So. Mm. Uh, that's uh, it's a uh, such a vast game with uh, you know everything being so new. Just that word cannabis, like you said, uh, requires that insurance. Now I, I know we've been talking a lot about retail and LPs, but quick question about you know we're allowed to grow four plants at least everybody except Manitoba. Quebec, they appealed, and uh, the government lost, but they're appealing. Uh, hopefully, Manitoba gets overturned. But are there impacts to your insurance if you are growing your four plants at home or maybe you're a medical grower? Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. So as long as you're growing your four plants, um, because it's legally allowed, the insurance companies have uh, had to uh, build it into their their policy. So basically saying, yep, you're allowed to grow the legal um, you know, maximum that, that you can. However, they've also included a special limit for cannabis. So um, it's interesting. Your, your existing home policy would have a special limit for certain items. These items are usually uh, easily stolen. So like, you know, they're small, like jewelry, a watch, for example, or even a bike. Bikes are stolen often. So they're either, uh, sorry, they are e easily stolen and high value or can be high value. So, you know, some of those bikes, um, not, not the ones like I rode to school, but some of those <laughs> professional bikes um, can be very costly. You know, of course, jewelry, watches, they have special limits on those items because even though you have a huge whatever hundred thousand in coverage these special items could they want to make sure you don't have one watch that's a hundred thousand and it gets stolen so they've actually done the same for cannabis they've said any type of cannabis in your home uh, the maximum i believe most companies today put a maximum of a thousand bucks uh on on cannabis so let's say you purchase cannabis at the store you bring it home either get stolen or, you know, there's a fire, for example, um, the maximum that you could claim for cannabis products is $1,000. In terms of affecting your home insurance, as long as you're only growing the four plants, it will not impact your home insurance. Anything after that um, will definitely, can definitely have an impact, one, on your premium. So if you tell your insurance company your price could go up, most likely your price won't go up if they can't or don't want to insure you. They'll just say, nope, we don't do any more than four and you have to go find another option. Um, but the real, the sorry, the other challenge is not just the price going up. It's if you notify them and they say, no, we're not going to insure you, go somewhere else. Yeah, so really it, it's probably impacting medical growers who, you know, a lot of uh, medical growers who have their license do grow more than four plants. If you're the four plants on the rec side, you're probably, you're, you know, you're okay. But the medical side, people should be looking into that. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, I would highly recommend speaking to someone first before calling your insurance company. Um, and that's the great thing about having a broker is we kind of act as a filter between you and the insurance company. So if you called your insurer today, let's say you're with you know, X bank insurance, 
and you called them and said, yeah, I'm growing five plants, you've already told them, you know, what you're doing, and there's nothing that you can do to take that back. Where what we do is we have that discussion first. So I say, hey, sure, you have five plants. How are they being grown? Or can you show me a picture? And then we find ways before we notify the insurance company that will help our case. Obviously, we have to be accurate because at the end of the day, if there's a claim, I'm not helping you um, if I don't make sure or do my best to make sure the insurance company is going to be there for us. But there's ways to position it to the insurance company that will make it um, much more attractive than, than it can be, right? So what advice would you give somebody who is uh, maybe already in the retail game uh, or looking to get into the retail game, looking to buy a franchise, you know, what sort of advice would you give them if they were, if they were looking to get into that as far as, you know, what insurance options or, or what sort of things they should be researching? Yeah, that, that's a great question, man. I get it a lot, especially today. Um, you know, people just asking, like, is it too late? Is it, there's a lot of uh, retail stuff happening. Should we jump in? And the biggest thing I tell people is, you know, now compared to 2017, um, it's it's no longer, hey, you know, we sell cannabis and open your doors and you're going to make a ton of money. Like the business now has to have a real strategic plan. And it's, it's a real business. Like we insured one of the first stores that opened up uh, downtown Toronto on day one that they were allowed to open. And, you know, at that time, it didn't matter what you were selling. It didn't matter what your name was. You were going to have a lineup for days and weeks to come. And today it's, it's completely different. The good thing is, yeah, there's still a lot of opportunity. Like, you know, we speak to retailers in Godrich, uh, in Innisville, in all of these markets that I personally think are, are uh, much more attractive than downtown Toronto. Yes, you don't have uh, the flow of traffic or the population, but in those areas, I feel like uh, it'll be a lot more consistent, um, especially if you're looking at, you know, Innisfil for the summer and and you really get those peak seasons. Um, I I think there's a lot of opportunity depending on your location, depending on your brand. Uh, It it is definitely a challenge. Like it's not going to be easy, that's for sure. Um, But I, I don't think, you know, today... It's, it's definitely not too late. You just have to make sure you're doing it right. You're doing it with the right team. And that's a big thing that uh, as of recently, I have kind of added and realized how important it is. So, you know, the insurance companies that do cannabis, there can be accessed by any broker. As long as you have a contract with that company, you can reach out to them and, and insure a cannabis store. The difference is uh, what, and, and what additional kind of expertise and value are you adding to your client? So now when I speak to a client, we, ha- we have built such a good network of, you know, uh, technology people, branding, consultants, lawyers, whatever it is that you're looking for that, that we can help with. Um, and for me, to be honest, that part of my job is just as rewarding, probably more rewarding than insurance. Insurance is a piece of paper. It says, yep, you're covered. If anything happens, uh, you know, I take that very seriously. I want to make sure you have the best coverage available to you. But the other side of it for me is, hey, if I can introduce you to somebody and they can help you bring your business to the next level, I just feel like everybody wins, right? I win. 
uh, you know, the person that I'm sending them to wins. And obviously you as the client, uh, if you're gaining knowledge and, and expertise from somebody that can really push you to, to another step, um, yeah, again, it's, it's good for everybody. All right, so we've chatted about uh, retail, uh, even home grows and big LPs. What about on the uh, the micro side or some of the smaller craft uh, growers? Is it is it the same sort of insurance that they need as the big LPs, but just maybe on a smaller scale, or is it completely different? So for the most part, very consistent with, with what an LP would need. I mean, I always like to split insurance into kind of two buckets, One is your physical property, so physical assets, whether that's, you know, product for sale, equipment, et cetera, buildings. The other is your liability, and that's if you're being sued due to your business, whether someone tries your product and tries to sue you or comes to your building, slips and falls. So, you know, a lot of those, we call them uh, exposures, are the exact same, whether you're a micro or you're an LP. Yes, at a smaller scale. but in terms of the, the type of policies or coverages that you need, they're, they're very, very similar. Something that we've uh, helped, I guess, with micros do is there's a, a product recall requirement for an LP if you're selling into the OCS. So not even for an LP, for anybody who's selling product into the OCS, they require $15 million in product recall coverage. That coverage obviously can be pretty costly. And what some micros have done is if they're selling, so let's say you're a micro, you don't have a sales license and you're selling through the LP. So you're just selling to the LP and they're selling it through their sales license to the OCS. You can negotiate with the LP and include your name, your products on their recall insurance policy because they're the ones at the end with the sales license. And that has helped uh, some of our clients kind of keep costs down, especially in the beginning uh, stages. So those are some things that I think uh, with micros, we try to help them and say, yes, you still need all of the same coverage as an LP does, but at that level, they're pricey or they're costly. What can we do today to make sure you're still protected uh, and, and save you, you know, look after your dollar as well? Now, the one thing about uh, the legalization process is that it was, you know, federally legalized and then handed out to the provinces to decide what they want to do. It's why we we see very, very strict uh, things going on in Quebec. Well, here in Alberta, uh, you know, you get a store, you get a store. Oprah's giving out cannabis stores (laughs) here in Alberta because everyone seems to, to have one. So. Is that difficult? Um, I don't know if you work with a whole lot of, uh, you know, clients that are outside of Ontario, but, you know, the different provincial regulations, do they come in play? So there's different insurance options depending on the province or it, when it comes to his insurance, is it all one set thing across the country? For sure. No, that's a great question. So uh, early on, we actually started uh, retail out in Alberta because, you know, you guys were uh, ready much faster than, than Ontario was. So we teamed up with an association out in Alberta and uh, we're providing their members retail insurance at a discounted rate uh, for being a member with them. And that really, um, you know, helped us understand the differences between Alberta and Ontario. You know, one example, that 10 million requirement that we used to have here in Ontario, it's now down to five. Alberta never had that. So technically a store in Alberta can have 2 million in liability. 
the same as you know a restaurant or some convenience store beside them. Where here in Ontario, when retail did start, we had to have 10 million. So all of a sudden, you know, rates are much higher because you require more coverage. So you know, to answer your question, kind of uh, as short as possible, yes, the differences between provinces um, are important more than for protection or for coverage. It's for you to do the best thing for your client. You know, if I'm insuring a bunch of Ontario stores and someone in Alberta calls me and I don't know the differences, I'm, he's probably going to pay more than he needs to. Um, so, yeah, it, it's important to, to understand the differences in terms of from a coverage perspective, whether you are covered in Ontario or covered in B.C., the coverage is Canada wide. So as long as you know, you've notified the insurance company, let's say you're a consultant and you do business right across Canada, as long as they're aware of it, then yeah, your coverage applies to, to uh, the, the entire country. The most important thing for us, of course, is when we work with clients in those other provinces, is one, you have to, as a broker, you have to be licensed to sell insurance in that province. So that's um, a little bit of a barrier for us to get into certain provinces because the insurance licensing requirements may be different or may be challenging. So what we've done is we actually went, of course, and got licensed in Alberta. You know, we're currently working on licensing in BC. That one's a little bit trickier because of how their insurance in general just works. Um, and then we've teamed up in the meantime with uh, some brokers in each province where the need has arose. So in BC, we have a broker that we partner with. Uh, actually, just last week, we found a broker in Nova Scotia that um, we sent a client to from Nova Scotia. Uh, so yeah, we definitely uh, have to be creative and uh, and be able to uh, adapt and, and insure people in every province. Um, that's kind of the biggest challenge. I would say it's more insurance related, not necessarily cannabis related. This has been very, very eye-opening and certainly educational, and I think the listeners and the viewers, especially those looking or in the cannabis space, can can get something out of it. And I always like to wrap up uh, all of my interviews with one uh, question, and that is, what do you think is the next big thing when it comes to cannabis? Now, this could be in the insurance or just in general, but what do you think is the next big thing to take uh, cannabis and the industry by storm? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm sure if you asked that two or three years ago, uh, everyone would be talking about drinks and you know mm. all the stuff that we're seeing in uh, in the more mature markets. Me personally, and I, I've been kind of waiting for this. I I anticipated it was going to come uh, next year. I don't think it will. But uh, the U.S. federally legalizing, I think that's really going to open up a lot of markets, a lot of opportunities. Whether it's you know. Canada to the U.S. import and export, whether it's internationally, um, I feel like that's going to be really what changes the the industry in the world, not not just for Canada. Um, once the U.S. federally says okay, uh, a lot of you know countries and and companies will really start to pay more attention. I could not uh, possibly agree more. I, I mean, you know, whether you want to like it or not, the, the United States of America is a trendsetter. Uh, I think the UN uh, getting on board, uh, you know, 
seems like a year ago, maybe it was only probably a couple of months ago. But, uh, you know, once the uh, United States gets on board, and that's going to really make things interesting. It's going to force Canada to take a look at its regulations. If they want, if we want to be able to compete with the U.S., we're going to have to ease up on some of the regulations because this is my analogy. We're in an 800-meter race with a 200-meter head start, and we could get passed in the backstretch by the Americans if we're not careful. Yeah, very easily, man. You know, the U.S. is uh, is good at a couple things, uh, and they do them very well. And I think one of them is consumer goods. They know how to get things in the hands of people at a cheap price. So for sure, if we're not careful, um, you know, we were first. But uh, if we're not careful, we can definitely be, be left behind very easily. And, you know, it doesn't mean companies in Canada won't still be profitable or we won't still, you know, your company or your store won't still make money. You just won't be the leader. You, you will be second or even third for that matter. And for Canada, you know, for the amount of um, cannabis use that we have and where we are today, there's no reason we should be left behind. Yeah. We should be leading this race by a country mile or kilometer as we sure. should say <laughs> fatty this has been a lot of fun and uh, certainly eye-opening and uh, very educational for me and and hopefully my listeners and my viewers as well thank you so much and uh here's to spring being on its way and we can actually get outside and enjoy cannabis together for sure thanks dean for having me i really appreciate it and uh, yeah if anybody wants to you know more information on how to get in the industry or maybe you're already in the industry and having challenges with insurance we'd definitely be uh, be glad to help so i'll sign off with my favorite pen here i picked it up at lyft a couple years ago yeah. i like that a lot thanks that a lot Dean. great <laughs> thank you so much fatty take care all the best thanks This is the Cannabis 101 Podcast, part of the Cannabis Life Experience, turning the wheel of cannabis one toke at a time. That was a really eye-opening conversation, uh, particularly the stigma that they faced when they just wanted to rent a place. It's unbelievable, but good information for those of you growing at home as well. To know if you're over those four plants, uh, your insurance uh, rates and, and certainly things uh, could impact. And, and good to reach out to a broker before you talk to your insurance company first as well. So great stuff. Thanks big big time to Fatty. We've been trying to uh, get that one lined up for a while. So it's good to get, it, uh, to get some education about uh, the cannabis insurance space. I'm not sure what we're going to do with one hitters this week. Uh, we didn't get the chance to do it with Fatty, uh, but we will have it at the cannabis101podcast.ca if we do indeed get it up uh, this weekend. We'll look out uh, for somebody to uh, help us out with that. That's also where you can subscribe to the Weed Weekly and qualify for our Friday giveaway, but it is only for subscribers. So head to the cannabis 101podcast.ca, click subscribe, and you get it every Friday in your inbox. We recap the show. We also take a look at a few other cool things, and we have a weekly giveaway as well. The Cannabis Life Experience. It's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. Turning the wheel of cannabis, one toke at a time. 
told you about the uh, new chamber coming to the Slash. Also something new coming from Stonesmiths in April. Uh, they're working on it now. You can look for it in the spring. I've tried to get details about it, but they are uh, very, very tight-lipped over there. So if it's anything like the Slash, you're going to love it. Uh, just takes four seconds to heat up and fire away. As I mentioned, there's the three temperature settings. And the best thing about the Slash is the double-click 12-second auto-fire mode. So you got the uh, Slash for concentrates, and I can't wait to see what these guys have coming this April. Check it out, stonesmiths.ca. Who grew it? What's the terpene profile? Who created it? What is the lineage? How much THC? What's in a name? This is Know Your Buds. A close-up look at cultivars you should try. Or try again. Joining Dean is our educator, Chris Ionson. Always good to be exploring more cultivars on Know Your Buds as I welcome in my good friend Chris Ionson, Regional Manager, Plant Life Cannabis, and uh, you were... A traveling man for a long time, my friend, but you're uh, now back uh, in the city of champions and uh, working with a bunch of stores, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but nice to be back home again, isn't it? Yeah, Dean, it is for sure, buddy. I feel like uh, the the past uh, six weeks have been a tour of Alberta for me, Uh, but yeah, I'm just getting back to Edmonton now, and uh, yeah, going to kind of, you know, set up shop down here now, and uh, I'm, I'm pumped about it. Excellent. Well, I'm excited about what we're uh, chatting about today. Um, We are going to be doing a cultivar called Dukum. It's a hybrid, uh, 6535, and on the uh, legacy market or the gray market, the illicit market, it was for years called Duke Nukem. We'll talk you tell everybody about that in just a little bit. But the uh, licensed producer that uh, produces this is Royal City Cannabis, and that is the rec brand of Can TX Sciences. So give us a little bit of a background into uh, Royal City and what Can TX Sciences is all about. Yeah, for sure, Dino. They're uh, they're a privately owned company, uh, cannabis producer. They're founded in uh, 2013 out of uh, Puce Lynch, Ontario. And uh, their current CEO and president, Mike Abbott, um, and, and, uh, and, and director Buck Young, they, they're the ones that founded the company. Uh, and they both play a, a significant role in, in operations and day-to-day. Uh, in, uh, in May of 2020, CanTX received their license from Health Canada to become an LP. Uh, and that's when the Royal City Cannabis brand was born. And the facility that they are growing their cannabis out of is located just south of Guelph, Ontario. And that's also known as the Royal City. Uh, so that kind of ties into the, the name of, uh, of the LP. And there's also, there's also a rock band named Royal City. And they're from Guelph as well. So I wonder maybe, uh, maybe the, the rock band's got some ties in there too. Yeah, maybe maybe this is like, uh, you know, uh, uh, way back when, when um, Up Cannabis 
had all their songs named after tragically hip, or all their cultivars named after tragically hip songs, and you could put some on. Maybe we'll have to listen to some Royal City if we can find it while we're uh, enjoying some of this at at some point. And uh, you know me, I'm a sucker for great stories and great backstories, and the, the background of this company when it comes to technology and what they're doing and how they're growing Man, uh, I, I feel it's just it's just amazing, and uh, I, I definitely feel like I'm the dumbest person in the room when we're talking about this sort of thing because it is so impressive and almost futuristic. <laughs> yeah, big time, Gino. Um, how they grow out their facility, and it's a it's a thirty thousand square foot facility. Uh, it's very very science based stuff. Um, it's a, a commercial scale grow uh, with the in vitro plant uh, tissue culture lab. Uh, and what that is there is uh, they're doing propagation of cannabis plants where um, they are, you know, slicing off a, a little little tish, bit of tissue from a, a plant that they've selected uh, that they've liked. They've enjoyed kind of the how it grows. Uh, it's got all the characteristics that they're looking for. Uh, and then the, the plant is then grown in kind of like a peachy dri- petri dish environment. Um, and it's just ideal for... Uh, getting the clones uh to be grown with uh, minimal issues like they're going to be disease free and it kind of takes the genetics back to the basics really that's awesome that is so impressive yeah. uh with uh, some of these things uh, that they are doing and and that's kind of just a you know like that that's impressive but there's even more right yeah dean there is it's uh they have a biosafety lab as well uh they've got a level two microbiology lab as well uh, and and they've got eight precision controlled grow rooms uh, and a photobiology lab for crop optimization as well. So uh, very very science based there. And and actually with the, with the employees that work there, there's over 50 people uh, that are working at this facility. Uh, over a third of them have uh, science related degrees. There's a lot of PhDs and masters uh, coming out of the staff there at uh, at Cantiex. That's pretty impressive. And you know they they obviously are producing some some terrific cannabis, but they also, um, you know, offer some of their systems to, to other uh, different companies, don't they? Yeah, this is kind of a neat little, uh, aside, maybe not a side thing, cause I'm sure they've been doing it for a while, but, uh, they offer their steady stem solutions. Uh, and this is a, an extra division of the company. Uh, and they offer to, um, other cannabis producers that, uh, want to dial in their genetics and it's, uh, their tissue propagation, like we talked about, uh, and it's just a uh, ideal way to grow and, and it's their own kind of proprietary way. So uh, it's pretty awesome that they are uh, able to kind of um, spread that knowledge around to the other LPs out there. And we're going to see better cannabis all around because of it. Mm, impressive stuff for sure. All right. Uh, the website, uh, if you're looking at uh, Royal City Cannabis, is www dot royalcitycannabis.co uh, you're looking at it if you are indeed uh, watching us on our youtube channel if you're listening check out the youtube channel we also stream on our uh, social media channels um, and i look at the website first I, I i like the colors i like the font so you know it's visually uh, appealing um, you know you click on what to do and there's not a lot there certainly you can go and a look at the um, the cultivars that they have, and, and there's uh, Dukem right there. Um, I love the colors. I love the font. It stands out. For me, Chris, there's just not enough of it. There's just not enough information on this website. We just talked about some of the amazing things behind this company. I, I, 
you know, I think they should be flexing and showing off a little bit with some of that stuff. So great colors, visually nice, just lacking and in the information that, that I think they should be bragging about. Yeah, uh, well said. I agree with you, Dean. I would love to, to know more information about it, uh, the growing process. And even, um, you know, I love seeing uh, when, you know, cannabis companies show our team, meet the team. Uh, I want to know who your VP of cultivation is and uh, who your master growers are and um, head of sales. Uh, I, I like seeing that on a website. So uh, hopefully that's that's coming uh, further down the line here from these guys. But um, I, I do like the kind of the different cultivar sections there that we're kind of scrolling through. You know how everyone's got its own kind of unique um, logo uh, and kind of, I guess, theme. Uh, I think that's pretty sharp for sure. Uh, and then Dino, I, I was a big fan of uh, like if you click on the link right below there, it's uh, it'll take you to like a terpene uh, profile for each of their their cultivars as well. And so okay. it's a terpene analysis. I did not see that, so I actually I, I at first run through I missed that, so I will take a little bit back about the information because there <laughs> is plenty of information. So. I missed that when we were first chatting about the website before we went through there, but that is definitely uh, something that I appreciate uh, from Royal City Cannabis. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. you know, if they can throw in some information about how they do things and the people behind it, that's great. And then this information, I find this information really, really helpful, and, and I can't wait to dive into this uh, as we go um, uh, throughout that. So so good on them to, for including that uh, certain uh, uh, information there. Uh, when it comes to uh, royalcitycannabis.co. Okay, let's talk about, Chris, the history uh, when we're talking about Dukum. What is the lineage with this cultivar? Yeah, so the lineage, it's uh, two interesting ones, Dino. It's a, it's a Chernobyl uh, crossed with a chem, Commando. Commando. Uh, and so really kind of unique uh, cultivars there. The Chernobyl is a, is a cross of... Uh, of blood wreck with Jack the Ripper. It sounds a little little violent there. Wow. Um, and then the yeah right. Uh, and the uh, the Camando is a, is a grapefruit crossed with a Mendo perps crossed with an Empress Kush. Um, so it's really kind of several uh, well known fan favorite cultivars in the genetics. Like the Mendo perps uh, is is super popular. I got to, I got to try it in Amsterdam and it was delicious and and very notable. Like it's it's one I'll never forget. Uh, Trainwreck, also uh, legendary sativa, very popular. Uh, and then Jack the Ripper as well. Uh, people love that one too. So uh, some good genetics in the Dukem for sure, Dean. Yeah. And, um, and, and actually, uh, just, I just want to mention, you, when you see the colors of this, you'll realize where the purple comes from. But the Chernobyl, which is Bloodwreck and Jack the Ripper, like that just sounds like somebody's nightmare right there. Like Jack the Ripper is chasing you through Chernobyl and it's just a blood wreck everywhere. Like seriously, I want to wake up from that nightmare, but I'm sure the cannabis is delicious. I've, I've just always wondered about some of the names that people go with on the cultivars. Cause that literally sounds like a nightmare I had about three weeks ago. So um, interesting names and, and, and more interesting names from the breeder as well. And some of the other things that they've produced, eh? Oh boy, for sure, Dean. Uh, so uh, Dukem was bred by Cabin Fever Seed Breeders, uh, and they're a consortium of three growers from Northern California. And they started in 2010. Um, and they're responsible for uh, some real unique uh, cultivars, uh, such as uh, Sweaty Yeti, <laughs> uh, as well as Flamin' Alien. 
uh, albino leprechaun, uh, and then Alexander Cush, which I feel has got to be a play on Alexander Keith uh, Beer, maybe. Uh, but yeah, there's some really funny names there. And I think for me, it's, you know, we get these cool names in cannabis because the names are created by stoners. You know, a lot of times it's, all right, we're going to, we're going to smoke this, this new bud we grew and come up with a name while we're stoned. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I mean, I feel, I feel like Chernobyl, you know, not, not going to make you feel like you've walked through a radioactive town, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a play on, on things. It's, uh, Little, little, little bit of a farce. You know, I think I, I have all these names of cultivars I would love to create and, and call them, but I think that would be fun to go into something without a name in mind. Um, you know what the lineage is, but if you want to go with that, smoke it, vape it, whatever, after you, you grow it, and then how you feel during that experience you know, come the name comes from that. Like, I kind of think, I don't know, but I kind of think maybe that's how some of it happens. I would love to do that. You know, just get high and then whatever hap- whatever comes to mind is like, yeah, I'm going with that name. Like, I think that would be kind of cool, don't you? Uh, absolutely. I, I think that would be one of the coolest jobs in the world, too, to <laughs> um, come up with the names. Uh, I, I saw a video of, uh, I believe it was Snoop Dogg and Burner, um, you know, the guy behind cookies and they just kind of got together this really nice pool setting and, uh, Berner had a, a couple of big bags of, of new cannabis and, um, they just smoked it together and kind of discussed like as Snoop was hitting it, I, I can't remember the name he came up with, but it was just off the top of his head, how that kind of intense stone at that very moment made him feel, uh, and then just let it flow. Yeah. I, I, I'd be like, popcorn clouds that's what this is going to be called or something like that whatever comes to mind um but by the way the thc percentage on this is 18.75 we'll tell you where that kind of fits on our scale for you know beginners intermediate and uh, experience and um when we talk about what's in a name this is where i kind of mentioned off the top about um, the the Duke Nukem, which is a pretty popular video game. Hence, there was probably copyright issues. Uh, so this is kind of just a combination of what the uh, illicit market name is, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think so. It's uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the Duke Nukem celebrity name there. Just mash them together. Um, and I, I think, yeah, you're right, Dean, with, with the copyright reasons. Uh, I think as well, uh, from a regulatory standpoint, um duke nukem being you know a video game of uh it's an old school first person shooter game uh where you go around killing alien bastards uh so it's kind of maybe uh, i guess aimed at children too uh so i mean that's something you know you might have a but i feel like it's it's such an old video game that all the children that did play duke nukem are all of age at this point yeah like Uh, i I, I think you'd be safe like calling something like space invaders too or something like that right because (laughs) like you know what kid today knows anything about space invaders or asteroids yeah totally man So that's what we're going with when it uh, comes to uh, what's in a name. And any other thoughts on the name there with Duke Nukem? Or uh, I wasn't really a big Duke Nukem video game player, so I don't really know that game very well. Doom I played, and that was a first-person shooter. But uh, did you play a lot of Duke Nukem? I I was the same as you, buddy. Um, 
Didn't play a lot of Duke Nukem. I was a, a Doom. I played the Wolfenstein game as well. Uh, those kind of old school first person shooter games. Uh, I, I looked up some, some Duke Nukem, I guess, covers. It kind of reminded me of like Guile from Street Fighter. So like blonde, slick kind of kind of hair and, and then sunglasses and, you know, the leather coat kind of like with, the, you know, the, the big gun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, pretty, pretty cool. All right, let's get into the look, and uh, if you're watching, you can see it on the uh, screen there. And again, if you want to check it out, uh, head to our YouTube channel, Cannabis 101 Podcast, and we stream on social media. Um, you can see it's a small, uh, you know, kind of dark navy blue tub. Um, this sort of tub with that rounded lid, it reminds me of R2-D2, which I kind of like. So, I'm, um, you know, I, I wish everything came in glass or as Aqualita does, reclaimed ocean plastic and, you know, put it, putting out two tons of packaging with reclaimed ocean, that's great. But if it is going to be plastic, I like color in my plastic, as you know, and I like that, um, that, that lid. It's just, it's just kind of very cool. Uh, what do you think of the packaging? Uh, yeah, I uh, I like the uniqueness of it for sure. Um, I, I love your comparison of R two D two. I think that's uh, pretty pretty awesome. Uh, it does have the little lip on the inside there. Something I kind of wish. Uh, I hope LPs kind of get away from. Um, but I mean, the fact that it comes with the Bovita pack is super nice as well. So, yep. um, and I think size wise, you know, it's not too too bad. Could be maybe a touch smaller on the size, but. Uh, uh, I mean, we still got to get all the information on the label too. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I feel you could probably fit seven grams in there. Agreed. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And maybe at some point that that will happen and uh, the size comes down. Uh, as you mentioned, lip on the inside, that's the negative, but the great positive is the Bovita pack. Um, you know, this was in great shape. Uh, this, this cannabis that I pulled out, it was sponge worthy definitely it was nice and soft and uh. squishy so uh i dig it and I, and i really dig the look of this so when i when i pulled it out and first took took a uh, took a look at it and, and i mentioned the purple uh, earlier from some of the lineage there it is like I, I mean that just looks gorgeous man yeah buddy it's it's a really nice trim job too on, on the on the eighth that i got um, really nice dense nugs, but yeah, anytime I see the purples, gets me excited for sure. Um, and also really good tricope coverage on, uh, on the batch that I got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, good size nugs as well. Like those are pretty good size, very, very dense. So, uh, full marks, uh, for the, uh, the trim job, the look, the feel, you know, it smells great as we're going to get into in a second, but, uh, you know, it's, it's got that healthy, the sort of uh, smell to it uh, as well. Now, what do you got for us uh, when it comes to the terpene profile? Yeah, for sure, Dino. So the, the terpene profile, uh, our dominant terpene is, is awesomeine. Uh, that's one we don't talk about too, too much. It's come up here and there. Uh, and that's the terpene that's kind of got a sweet and herbaceous uh, aroma and flavor to it. Um, Farnesine is up next. And that's kind of a sweet, fruity terpene. Uh, it's found in the, the, like the skin of an apple. Uh, so it's uh, commonly associated with the apple smell. Uh, and then we've got caryophylline as our, our third one there, and that's uh, black pepper kind of spiciness. Uh, I know that's your one of your faves there, Dino. Um, so a good little mix of, of terps there for sure. 
Indeed. Uh, and some different ones too that we don't often see, but that Farnesine is is one that I'm really, really enjoying. And, and we've had that in a couple of different cultivars uh, as well. So when it comes to the smell, uh, I know one of your favorite parts when you can come in studio is when we give the uh, the cannabis straight to Nosy McGee, my wife Trish, and uh, she gives it uh, the the old smell test. I think I think I might start recording those, uh, and then we'll uh, you know edit them into this. Uh, I love I love that point. idea, buddy. I think that would be quite <laughs> funny. But I'll tell you, she got a bit of a berry, like a sweet berry kind of smell. Um, what what are some of the smells that you associate Dukem with? Uh, so for me, it's it's an earthiness, definitely. That was kind of the initial thing, mm-hmm. and then then it like uh, a sweet kind of tropical punch, uh, kind of just overlays on top of that earthy smell. Um, and I, I found kind of the same thing when I ground it up as well. Yeah, Those are my I, two takeaways. I found uh, definitely earthy, and I found that, uh, and and this is something I recommend to people too. After the grind, right? Uh, you, you know, it smells a little bit different, and I really get that earthy, uh, and and the spice comes out a little bit more. Uh, I find uh, after the grind than it did. So you know that that kind of when everything's broken up a little bit, and then the the freshness really really comes out. So I definitely dig the uh, the earthiness and uh, some sweetness there as well. And I get some sweetness on the taste as well. What do you get when you uh, fire this up? So for me, I, w- I was consuming it in in joints as I as I do. Uh, I definitely got like a, a spicy sweetness, kind of similar to the smell, um, with some uh, kind of lavender uh, floral notes to it. Uh, and then on the exhale for me, it was kind of a citrus, fruity, like orangey uh, aftertaste and exhale. Uh, but uh, super enjoyable. I, uh, I I thought it was a nice smooth smoke for sure. Yeah, I'm. I really. Uh, I'm just firing up the uh, the supernova, my uh, volcano hybrid. Um, I uh, I get a, a nice sweetness on the uh, the inhale uh, when I, when I have this, especially in a in a bag. And you know, I, I find like I even just smell the sweetness right now as it's uh, uh, filling up this bag. So I get definitely a sweetness on the uh, the inhale. That you had talked, uh, and and I also get some floral notes as well on on and the exhale as well. So um, it's got a very appealing taste. Like it's a very nice, nice taste, despite the scary names uh, that are in their <laughs> lineage. It's just a, I don't know. It's uh, once it's like to to quote Frank the Tank from old school. Once it hits your lips, man, it's just so tasty. So I really, really enjoy the taste of this, especially in a in a bag or something like the volcano, where you can really um, get into the terpenes and the smells and things like that. So I enjoyed it. What was your experience like when you had it? Uh, amazing. I'm a big fan of the Dukem Dean. Uh, the first time I tried Dukem, uh, it was actually. Um, in a, in a rosin wrap uh, mixed with peef hash. Uh, so I kind of got like, uh, I got Dukem on steroids for the, for the first time. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was actually Dylan, uh, Dylan Bruck from, from plant life. Uh, he, uh, he's one that exposed me to it. Uh, he had a lot of great, great things to say. And he's actually our, our plant life, I guess, cannabis expert. Uh, he's the guy that's, uh, has tried and sampled out, uh, over 420, um, 
cultivars on the, on the rec market and he's have, has a review on all of them and uh, he had great reviews about the Dukem so uh, maybe you want to check it out um, for me it's uh, it's a very clear headed high um, super tasty and super smooth uh, very uplifting on the mood uh, and I, I find that comes pretty quick you know halfway through my joint I'm already kind of smiling starting to feel really really nice uh, I think it's awesome for creativity and productivity um, there's definitely like a, a nice head kind of buzz to it uh, but it's not too much it's not unmanageable mm-hmm. uh, but it's definitely good for uh, you know um, getting your mind going uh, I think too Dino it's it's a great wake and bake cultivar uh, absolutely like rolling out of bed starting your day uh, with the, with a Dukem is really, really nice. Uh, and then I started doing, uh, I started mixing my second joint. I'd make it half Dukem and half kind of like a, uh, a really chill Indica, nothing too, too sedative though, a D-Bubba uh, and Dukem where it was a really great mix for kind of my second and third joints of the day. Uh, so uh, big, uh, big up for me, uh, for, you know, the Dukem. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a nice cultivar for sure. You know, I think, um, you know, when we talk about wake and bakes, for me, um, uh, sometimes I don't like to start out with really uh, high, high sativas, uh, high THC sativas. Uh, You know, sometimes I get a little bit of anxiety. So there's some certain ones I like to stay away from. I love starting the day um, with a with a hybrid if I can a little bit, but one that's going to give me some productivity. So this is that's why I really like this is that I can have this. You know, as my first one of the day, uh, if it is in the morning, if I'm doing a wake and bake and I'm not worried about, you know, getting the the, the anxious thoughts like some really high C8, uh, sativas do. Um, so I, that's what I really kind of like about the sound of this one and, and you know, what it, uh, you know, what it can do for you, which leads us into the three W's. So who, what and when is this good for, Chris? Yeah, for sure, Dino. So who it's good for? Intermediates. Uh, it's kind of a level 1.5, I'd say. Uh, if you've been in the beginner zone for a bit, you can be kind of exploring and you're ready for, I guess, the next step up. I think this is a good option for that uh, as it's, you know, not too, too high of the THC and it's uh, not too buzzy of a, a sativa. Uh, what it's good for? Wake and bake, as I mentioned. It's really nice for that. Um, it's good for if you're looking to feel uplifted and, and euphoric. Uh, it's excellent for getting that uh, that list of chores done as well, uh, being productive. Um, I think it's also good for, you know, forgetting about the stresses that, you know, the everyday stresses that we encounter. I find it definitely gets your mind off that. And also, if you're looking to get your munchies on, uh, Dukem is really good for that as well. Uh, when it's good for is daytime use, I'd say. Um, I wouldn't recommend, you know, uh, hitting a bowl of Dukem right before bed. Uh, your, your mind's going to race a little bit, but I feel like it's definitely daytime. Uh, wake and bake's really nice for it too. Beautiful. That is awesome. Uh, so we've been talking about Dukem from Royal City Cannabis. It is a about a 65-35 sativa, and it's really, really, really tasty. So, okay, really quickly, you guys have the Plant Life Rewards app, and that is going to be already in play by the time we talk next week. Tell us about it. Yeah, totally, Dean. So, yeah, it's the, the Plant Life uh, Family uh, Rewards app. Uh, so we're, we're starting a family here, and uh, it's an, an app that you can have on your phone, and, and you're going to have a wallet, and, and it's going to keep track of, of points. Um, there's going to be some really uh, awesome incentives with it. Uh, uh, 15% off your first purchase, 10% off your first online order, uh, and then you collect points. 
uh, as you uh, are in a plant life store. Uh, so you just need to come, come down, check, check us out, visit us. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's just a really great way to kind of stay up to date on things uh, with plant life. So uh, we're super stoked about the launch here. It's coming up soon. So yeah, next time we do talk, Dino, I will, uh, I'll let you know how it's going. Awesome. You can check out some information at plantlifecannabis.com and you can sign up for the uh, reward, Plant Life Family Rewards right there on the website or grab the app. Uh, easy as that. Chris, thanks so much. Uh, I really, really enjoy this Dukum. I want to get back to it now. So I'm going to let you go and we'll chat next week. Thanks, buddy. Sounds good, Dino, man. Thanks for having me. This is the Cannabis 101 Podcast. It's all part of the cannabis life experience. Turning the wheel of cannabis. One toke at a time. Oh, I often mention uh, the great partners and supporters, and Christine Vandalo and her husband Kevin Dabbs do a wonderful job uh, with the voice work for this show and a bunch of my other shows, and you can find those at podcastalley.ca. Uh, I've got a bunch of sports shows and this show. So that's my life, cannabis and sports. And this show, as we talk about it, is just about done. Time to wrap it up. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. You, uh, the listener and the viewer, are the most important supporter and partner that we can have. So thank you very much. If you like this show and you watched it on YouTube or you watched it on any of our uh, streaming social media channels, uh, hit subscribe and click that bell button on YouTube and you'll get an update to every time and a notice that we put something out and we try to have something Monday to Friday every day released on that channel. If you're listening, wherever you get your podcast, just hit subscribe and you'll also get notified for that. And if you did like the show, please let us know by leaving us a review wherever you are watching. Love hearing uh, from our listeners uh, with feedback questions or uh, just telling us about their experience with the plant. Absolutely love it. And a reminder about the Weed Weekly. It comes out every Friday right into your inbox. It recaps the show if you missed anything. We've got some news and some history and a free giveaway, a giveaway as well. So free stuff just coming right into your inbox. We spin the wheel of names and you could go home with a prize pack. You just have to sign up at cannabis101podcast.ca and you are in the mix for the Weed Weekly. You can get contests as well at cannabis101podcast.ca, past episodes and much, much more. A big thanks to Stonesmiths for helping us with this show. Big thanks to Fatty Kamel uh, from All Risks Insurance Brokers. And of course, Chris Ionson, a regional manager from Plant Life Cannabis, as we did Dukem from Royal City Cannabis. Absolutely delicious. We are back at it, as mentioned, changing in the uh, programming. Tuesday will be our number one. We will have David Wiley of the OZ for this week in Cannabis News. We will have Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Company on the business of cannabis. Weed word of the day, cannabis question, and much more. So much more on Tuesdays. 
Tuesday mornings, 4.20 a.m. Mountain Time, this show will be uploaded. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate uh, you uh, sticking with us, even though we uh, missed a bunch of shows uh, due to my health situation. Thank you so much to Fatty. Thank you so much to Chris and you, the listener. Thank you. Take care. And as we do, we always leave you with their marijuana song from the artist My Dead Dog. A reminder, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bowl for me, please. You get in my brain.